0: Welcome to Biomitilingual today. My name is Elizabeth Aitai and I'm your host. My guest today is living and working in South Carolina. She's currently doing her PhD in Literacy, Language and Culture at Clemson University. Hello, uh, welcome. Thanks for being on this podcast. I would like to introduce yourself and to tell me your name and where you're from and where you're currently living. Hi, my name is Mihaela Gaziolo and I am originally
1: from Romania, so I'm Romanian, but my name says that I am married to a Turkish person uh, and I'm currently living in the United States in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. What's your native language? My native language is Romanian. Originally, I learned English as a foreign language back in Romania in my school years. And then I actually studied English literature and language at university. And I became an English teacher. I also did my PhD back in Romania in uh, English literature. Originally, English was a foreign language for me. But I guess now living in the US, it's like obviously a second language. I speak three languages and understand and four. Can you name those? Yes. So I speak, uh, I also speak Italian because I studied it at university and after that, because I simply liked it. And for Romanians, it's quite easy to, to learn Italian or any other language that is Latin based, like Spanish or maybe French. I understand Turkish because obviously I'm married to a Turkish man and I lived in Turkey for about two years. Mm-hmm. And I have some productive skills, but it's very, like, very beginner. I, I don't get lost in the Turkish society. I can order at a restaurant or I can have small, very small conversations, but I'm not fluent in any, in any way.
0: Mm-hmm. Does your daughter also speak Romanian? Do you teach her Romanian? Yes.
1: Yes. So my daughter is five years old. Obviously, she is, um, her dominant language is, um, is English. I speak to her exclusively in Romanian because I want her to, to learn Romanian. So I'm pushing that as much as I can. Uh, and she speaks Romanian, understands and speaks Romanian. And uh, my husband talks to her in Turkish. But because of his time constraints with her, he is coming home quite late in the evening. And then there is dinner and going to to bedtime mm-hmm. he has less time to spend with her so her level of Turkish is lower than, than Romanian but she understands she can answer back short uh, sentences but she cannot have a longer conversation
0: mm-hmm. in Turkish mm-hmm. but that's still pretty amazing that she's growing up trilingual. we are trying that takes me back to you again like how, at what age did you start learning your second language English well I started I started learning English
1: ironically in communist Romania when I was in kindergarten so I was 4 or 5 years old and I continuously I was continuously in contact with um, with English throughout my elementary school high school and ever since then. I think the kindergarten I used to go, it was just under the radar so they could have English classes. And then, as you probably know, after 1989, like languages did develop so, so much, especially English. So my parents made sure that I was in intensive programs in middle school and in high school in English. So I studied English intensively. I had at least six, eight hours of English every week at school. And I also was doing graduate right. tutoring a few more hours so it was a huge at least in my family a huge emphasis on languages Mm
0: -hmm. which language do you feel most comfortable at this point it's always going to be
1: romanian because i've been speaking romanian as my native language in my country until i was like 35 and then i moved so and English was my let's say professional language teaching it at school and so on. Definitely, okay. I feel comfort, more comfortable in Romanian.
0: Mm-hmm. Which language you use to communicate emotional states? It's uh, it's
1: always Romanian. It's, it's, it's Romanian. Always Romanian. Yes, I find easier to express some some feelings, any kind of feelings, positive or negative, in um, in Romanian. Uh, but because I I am married to someone that does not speak my native language. Uh, obviously, I have to find uh, very effective ways of expressing myself in English. Talk. How does that go? Well, I get my point across. Let's let's say that <laughs> it's um, you know Turkish and um, Turkish and Romanian share a lot of uh, vocabulary because of the historical uh, events. You know, Turks being in uh, on the Romanian territory for so long yeah. and there are a lot of nouns that we share and sometimes I'm just using some Romanian nouns to tell my husband like how I feel or instead of explaining in a few words in English I'm just telling the Romanian word that is usually the similar with uh, the Turkish one.
0: Uh-huh. I didn't know I didn't know that there are so many similarities with Romanian as well. So like because you said you speak uh, Romanian yeah. so chai, carşaf. Apuch, oh.
1: janta, a lot of nouns, as I said, a lot of nouns. So sometimes it's just of saying something. In my English discourse, I'm just throwing some Turkish
0: slash Romanian words. For, mm-hmm. That's yeah. what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> you said you're using English more for business and like life matters. For work, it's the administrative language, let's put it like this. So administrative language, then it kind of means code language, right? Very matter of fact-like. Yes. I mean, obviously, so right now I am uh, doing my PhD in here
1: in South Carolina. So obviously I'm using it to, to write that, to communicate that. I'm also teaching. So um, English is like a functional administrative language for me. But whenever I'm thinking about things, I filter them through my Romanian consciousness. Mm -hmm. And they come out in English, but it's not, it does not 100% render the feeling the way I would like for others to hear me saying it or
0: to perceive me saying it. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's a result of you not being a native speaker or do you think it's a result because of the specific characteristics of English itself?
1: It may be part of that, obviously I'm not a a native speaker, but I think it's because because I was raised, educated, and I developed as an adult back in Romania. And then leaving and going to Turkey and coming here, I was already defined as an adult, who I am, what I am, and what I stand for. Those things were imprinted, instilled in me, internalized in Romanian. And I think any language I would use would not serve expressing the way I am and the way I think properly, but in Romanian. It's not necessarily an English. Thing, I think it would be in any language. I wouldn't feel connected to any language better than Romanian.
0: Is it hard for you to to translate mm-hmm. from the Romanian emotions and thoughts right away into English? It's
1: really not a problem for me to to translate or anything. It's just that sometimes sometimes the meaning of the words that I use in English are not as, let's say, comprehensive as some words I would use in Romanian for the same idea. That's the thing. It doesn't have so many, at least in my, it doesn't have the same shades of meaning as some Romanian
0: words, the words that I use in English to uh, express the same idea. So there is a to words in Romanian and emotional intensity. Yes, for example,
1: you know, it's the famous example of Romanian word dor. Mi dor de tine. Mm-hmm.
0: I miss you. Yes.
1: So it doesn't sound, in my mind, I don't perceive it the same. When I say to my mother, Mi dor de tine, it's not the same, the
0: same intensity, feeling intensity, if I told her in English. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking right now um, that Mi dor de tine is more reflexive, no? But yes. I, I miss you is outward going. Yes.
1: Yes. So it's when you say me ador de tine is it's inside and outside at the same time. Yeah. You know, when I, you say I miss you is just from me to you. I agree. Like yeah. that. It's an exterior way. So that's that's what I meant when I don't have any issues of as I said expressing my ideas in English but the way I feel them inside the way I would like the meaning to encompass everything I want to express sometimes Is disconnected between Mm -hmm. the two languages.
0: Yeah. Okay. But then I think um, that it's not only units in the language, but it's really inherent in the language, like the emotional, you know, implications or message or. Yes. Yeah. What language do you dream in? Uh,
1: Sometimes Romanian, sometimes English. I found myself dreaming maybe a little bit more in English lately. But the truth is, I'm dreaming because I am. I'm dreaming what I need to write in my PhD dissertation. So. So whatever ideas. Like I'm I'm going to bed after writing uh, like for a full day in, in English and then I'm thinking, okay, what I need to do tomorrow. And somehow I dream about those things in English. But so I dream about like my professional part, I would say, if I come to think of it in English, but like with my family or other dreams, they happen in Romanian. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's a mix.
0: Mm-hmm. So. do you remember the first time you dreamt in a foreign language this case English no
1: I don't I mean it's not it didn't start for when I moved to US or when mm-hmm. I moved to Turkey it was before that and probably I was dreaming that I was probably teaching
0: something that's cool in English mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and when, when it comes to memories what language do you recall memories in
1: uh, it depends on on the people or the events that I'm recalling so if I I am uh, recalling memories with uh, obviously my husband and his family it's going always to be in English or Turkish with my family with my time before meeting him and everything is was going to be in Mm Romanian. so whenever I'm thinking about a trip I took with my with my husband I am thinking about it in English because we communicate in English but if I'm thinking about my even about my wedding that happened in Romania Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about it in, in Romanian, actually, mm-hmm. yeah, because the majority of people there were Romanian, and like
0: you, you mentioned this already. That question would be: Are there any specific situations that you pick a certain language for? So you said English is business. Yeah, it's it's, it's a functional mm-hmm. language. It's mm-hmm. not the the sole language. Sole language is Romanian. Let's put it like this:
1: So okay. business is uh, English is outside functional administrative professional
0: language, and Romanian is the my sole language. Mm-hmm. But now here's a question what if you talk to your daughter oh you just speak uh, Romanian but how do you feel when within the family setting the three of you you are talking all English then you're not in your business setting
1: I'm talking to my husband in English but when I when I talk to her I revert to a Romanian mm-hmm. and he talks to me in English and he reverts to her in, in
0: Turkish mm-hmm. and, and um, yeah, I didn't think about that with my husband I'm talking English. Yeah, that's why I'm asking because I'm, I'm just curious whether you your feeling of speaking English with him is different than when you speak yes. English. I'll tell you why. So, it's obviously it's a very emotional attachment to him. Uh,
1: so, I don't, I don't, I don't, I could even say like I don't necessarily hear him talking in English. I hear him talking to me in a language that we understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am very much aware when I'm outside of my house or something someone else comes. I am very much aware that I speak English with this person. At work, I speak English. I communicate with my friends here. I communicate in English, but with my husband is not the same mental thing that is persistent there that I speak to him in English. We are at home. We are in our environment. I'm not so aware that we speak English.
0: Do you think that um, the fact that you sometimes can, you know, smash in these Romanian slash Turkish words into the conversation, there is an understanding happening without further explanation adds to this? Yes. Uh, definitely,
1: definitely, mm-hmm. and he does the same thing, and he does the same thing. So I think as a rule, if if the word is comes easier to me in Romanian or Turkish, uh, I would just include it in the uh English speech and he does the same or if the words are uh if the words are shorter for example or if sometimes we talk about like what when you say like some proverbs or some sayings um instead of saying something similar in English we would say the Romanian version or the Turkish version and (laughs) if either of us doesn't know it we would be explaining but there are some things that we repeat just like that and we know what
0: they mean you're studying linguistics, right? And yes. Studying, is it for you a pollution of language? Because I would always say, I would say you speak a too wronglish with your husband, like Turkish, Romanian, English. Are you, is it something new you're creating, would you say? Or um, is it just a melange? So what uh, what research
1: says about this way of uh, speaking, it's called translanguaging. Translanguaging means just making use of all the languages repertoires that you have to make meaning, to to make yourself understood. So this is what we are doing because, or code switching. It's also called code switching when you start your one phrase, for example, in one language and then you switch to, to a different language. Yes, research does say that that's good, especially for children to improve their communication skills, to be uh, empowered and um, you know motivated to use more than one language. I don't see it uh, in a negative way because I know that if I need to speak exclusively in Romanian or in inter- or in English, I can
0: do that. It's just that being relaxed and it's easier to to do that in the moment. When you speak e- any of the languages, um, do they change you in any way emotionally? Do you feel a physical change? I can tell you for sure because I was talking
1: to my husband about that. I can tell you for sure that my voice changes. I. Feel feel like my voice changes. My Romanian voice is different from the uh, from the English one. Um, and maybe I think in the, in Eng- in Romanian I feel I am more passionate, I guess when I when I talk. And I also I was reading about this actually that when you read information and maybe controversial information in a language that is not your native, you tend to be more understanding and more accepting of whatever is being said and sometimes I notice that in, uh, in English I notice that in English and I was thinking if someone if someone told me the same situation in Romanian back in Romania I would be more on like it's either black or white but in English I would I am more prone to be uh, neutral yeah to be neutral to be accepting of controversial situations mm-hmm.
0: interesting mm-hmm. that's a good point um, you just said that your t- um, voice is changing. Can you describe how it is changing between English and Romanian? Yes, I think in Romanian I have a more high-pitched
1: voice compared to the to the English one. But maybe it's this is because, obviously, English is not my native language, as I said. Um, I think I speak faster, obviously, in Romanian compared to English.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel the rhythm of these languages? No, I, I didn't think about it that no have you ever had situations where you felt frustrated with speaking a language not with
1: English not with English but while I was living in Turkey obviously yes because I couldn't say everything I wanted to say and but that so I was frustrated on a weekly basis to say so every time I was going shopping because I couldn't necessarily read and understand everything that was in a grocery shop or something but that actually motivated me to try to learn um more and at that time we thought we were going to live in Turkey for a longer time
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but I don't remember being frustrated in English it's not a frustration what I'm going to say but it's um, it's a matter of adapting to the area where I am so in South Carolina there's a strong southern accent and to which I had to exercise my hearing into to understand so I remember mm-hmm. the first month I came here and I were dishwasher broke and I was alone with my daughter at home and um, a guy a repairing guy came to take care of that and mm-hmm. I couldn't understand a word he, I, he was saying he was obviously speaking in English yeah. but instead for I and like how much and whatever number he told me that I was supposed to pay I didn't understand a word and I said like where are like all these years of, of learning English they are down the drain. I'm never going to be able to understand these people here. It was such a shock. It's not necessarily a culture shock, but a linguistic shock. Yeah, yeah. Because back in Romania, back back in Turkey, I I grew up with like TV series like so popular as like The Young and the Restless,
0: the Dallas. Dallas. Uh, oh my God, I remember that.
1: You know, like even if they had some accent, but not that much, and. Obviously, pop music, uh, watching trash TV like Kardashians, but they don't have an accent. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then I came to to South Carolina, and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah. So that was a, not necessarily a frustration, but I was so shocked. I guess, like, by me not being able to understand anything. Mm. This changed. This changed.
0: Oh, good. How long
1: did it take you to? Take uh, you it's to... still taking me because depending on how
0: thick of an accent the person I'm talking to has. Have you ever been disadvantaged for speaking a language? Uh, So I'm going to
1: start with the U.S., I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, first of all, everything is perfect. Let's say like this, let's say until I open my mouth because I'm white, I'm blonde and I fit perfectly in the society here. Yes. After that, uh, because I'm aware of this accent, I'm trying to make it as American as possible, but that's never going to be possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, I immediately get asked, where are you from? Where are you from? For how long have you been living here? Here, I don't feel that I felt uh, disadvantaged I don't think so I was sometimes the one reaching out mm-hmm. to communicate with people to form my community and my friends here uh, but then later it was uh, reciprocated I think we, I can say it was a very conscious effort because I came here with the mentality that um, I have to Not that I have to. I want to integrate. I want to make friends. I don't want to. I'm not a princess and everyone has to come to me because everyone has their own lives. And I came with this understanding because I had foreign friends back in Romania. And um, uh, I knew how they felt and what they were going through. And uh, I said,
0: okay, I need to make other Turkish society or American society work for me. Mm -hmm. believe that if we travel or if we find ourselves in new locations, we have to put in so much more energy than locals to become local.
1: Yes. And I agree with that. I mean, people that are already here, they have their own lives. They are their own communities, friends Mm -hmm. and so on. So I am coming from an exterior uh, point. So I need to put in some effort to integrate yeah. Like myself back in Romania, I had my own life. I didn't have to add new friends. But other people came into my life and I saw, you know, the, um, the richness and advantage and beauty of having a diverse uh, community of friends.
0: How do you define cultural belonging?
1: Wow. So cultural belonging is its language, tradition, customs, feelings you feel in a certain language and something it's It's a place or a mindset or a culture that you feel closest to, I would say, something like that. It's the way you, you act, behave or think in important, unpredicted situations. You, you think and you react in different ways in the same situation, either if, whether you are in, if you are in US or in uh, Turkey or in Romania. I don't want to bring this negative. Why? But in in the case of um, accident, it would be a different reaction for me back in Romania compared to what I w- how I would react in Turkey or how I would react in US because of the support I ha- I would have in each of the countries and who I would feel comfortable reaching out first
0: and to reach out to to authorities and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been there as well in those situations where so I'm like, okay who do i call um who's a migrant to you how do you define a migrant
1: people that are leaving their country native country in search of a better life Uh, and people who are it's either for temporarily or for they decide to live for the rest of their lives and go work and live somewhere else. And do you consider yourself a migrant? Yes, until some years ago uh, when someone told me migrant it had like a negative connotation because I equated it with refugees with people that don't have anything in their country and move with uh, people that are not necessarily educated and stuff like that. But my, uh, my vision has changed. I refined it because once I realized that my future is not going to be necessarily linked to Romania anymore. Future like family and professional. I realized that I am not just working in a, another country for a while. I'm actually going to be here. So I am an immigrant. But not a migrant. Not necessarily. I like stability. I like predictability. So if I'm in one place, I prefer to be there.
0: You define a migrant as a person constantly actually you define mi- you... Yes, okay. you're, right, you're right. Migrant is a nomad to you. Something like that. Yes. In search
1: of, you know, different opportunities or because uh, that person has to move. Yes. Constantly, constantly on the move. But when I say constantly on the move, it's not like one month here and next month there. Like even with a gap of two, three years moving from here to there, like not living more than, I don't know, five, ten years in a place. Mm -hmm. That's for me
0: what a migrant means. As a linguist, or also just as a human being, what do you think of the idea of having a universal language?
1: I'm not into it. Because having a universal language, that means you would be losing a lot of dimensions from each of the language that would, we would need to give up mm-hmm. to have this universal language. Like, mm-hmm. do, you need, do you mean like a lingua franca language that we used to communicate with everyone without the presence of the other languages?
0: Yeah. Like uh, there was one language you know, for all
1: and forgetting the other ones? One universal language. Yeah. No, I don't like no. this idea because with, with language comes culture, comes identity. Comes the way we are, obviously, identity, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think we would be be losing a lot mm-hmm. having only one universal language in the state that we are now. I mean, if we, if the world would start from zero again, and we would have this, and we would develop with only one language, yeah, that's fine. But obviously, this is just a
0: theoretical thought. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But we could also develop towards a language, right? Yes, we could. We could, but, um.
1: I'm not sure that is feasible mm-hmm. because we are, in our global community, we are the same. We are all from the same race. We are humans. But we are different inside and the specificities of the places we live would be lost with only having one language. Asian countries, for example, uh, have a, a way of expressing themselves. They have tones in their language. They have uh, the way you say, um, you use a sound, it's actually expressed two, three three words. I think that richness would be lost. Like I was talking about my own language. The richness of meanings and and, uh, that that I would be able to transmit to others would be lost because I don't think we could encompass so much information and knowledge within one universal
0: language. Mm -hmm. Maybe last one, I want to challenge you on what you said that language is culture, which I agree. You said if we lose the languages, we Lose the, our specific cultures. Um, that's again a very an abstract idea, but for me, culture is very, very deeply tied to the landscape and then a surrounding nature. Do you think um, that then out of this universal language might again different to intonations? Emerge because of the specifics of the landscape we would all be living in in different ways.
1: It's one dimension of the language. Mm-hmm. Um, it is tied to landscape, it's true, but that's only part of it because culture is not only, I don't see it only as, you know, the, the landscape. It's also the people that are living there, they are developing certain, even trades, certain ways of uh, behaving Maybe influenced by the landscape, for example. And um, I don't see it possible to encompass all these specificities in one language and to properly be expressing that in one universal language.
0: Mm-hmm. Would you feel a loss if you didn't have one of the languages you speak? Oh, yes,
1: yes. When I learned Italian, I learned it because I like the way it sounds. And I thought, okay, that's an easy language for me to learn. But with it came some gestures, some Italian gestures. Obviously the food and I understood what's the difference between certain type of cheeses that they put in salads or in pizza. So if I didn't study that language, I would say, okay, in pizza margarita you put whatever, something, you know, but now I'm I'm looking in the menu to find that specific type of cheese or something. Uh So I would feel that a huge part of my, or a huge big chunk of my knowledge and who I am would be would be lost I mean I gave this example of Italian because I didn't speak too much about it but obviously losing Romanian or losing English and even even Turkish as much as I have would be a loss I think as many languages as possible if you can like knowing languages is a door to the world personally professionally Mm -hmm. socially I think knowing additional language to your native language is like knowing how to read and write if you don't know an additional language, you are in a way disabled in this world because we are not as static as we used to be 50 years ago or yeah, our parents used yeah. to be back in communist countries, right? yeah But they yeah. were tied to the land.
0: Even there, they spoke way more languages. Yes. Related to US and their this monolinguistic culture. The United States does not have an official
1: language. The founding fathers, they purposefully did not put an official language there hmm. because there were so many immigrants from so many Many parts of the of the world. English is not the official language of the United States. So I'm I'm gonna go off of that and say, yes, English is the dominant language in the United States, followed by followed by Spanish. Um, and we and in my family, we feel that we kind of go against the current, especially with my daughter, because teaching her Romanian and Turkish goes with a lot of consistent perseverance, and effort to do that. That because where we are right now, we don't have uh, communities either Romanians or a, a Turkish to for her to take lessons or to just play with uh, with kids. Um, this monolingual I, uh, ideology comes from people that are monolingual. Some of them, or I I don't know how to generalize. Like they are they are in power, and obviously it's more comfortable to say that English is the language that we that we use, but. But the United States is like a mosaic underneath, like in generations before and where we are right now. Uh, people are still coming to the United States with different languages that they are using. education system is diversifying with bilingual programs, not only in Spanish, obviously it's the second most spoken um, language in the United States, but with other, with other languages. It's going to take time, a lot of time, if ever, it's going to happen for people to be even more open. To two two languages. But I have friends, I have neighbors that I talk to and they are monolingual in English and they all, all of them told me, I wish I could have learned a different, another language or I wish I want to learn Spanish or I want to learn something every time they hear. And even people that I first meet, they and they, I tell them that I speak Romanian in addition to English or something. Mm -hmm. They always say that. So I'm not sure whether it's um, maybe a political stance or like because of the grassroots level, people understand the value of speaking a different language in addition to English, even, even if English is the, this international language. But history taught us that it is not going to be the international language forever in, you know, it yeah. used to be French, it used to be German. Maybe in 10, 20 years, it's going to be Mandarin or even Spanish.
0: Like Language is alive, after all. Yes, right. yes, it's a it's a living it's a living body that continuously evolves. I agree. Well, thank you so much. Um, I think You're welcome. So thank you for joining us today again. I truly appreciate your support so far. Please continue to like, share, and subscribe. Until next time, be well.